0: Motown Rundown, today is Thursday, November 17th. I will address the elephant in the room to start. We had debate over whether or not we were going to address the elephant in the room. We didn't record an episode last week. Tough luck. Jobs, oblows. Uh none of, all of us are single, so we don't have significant others dependent on. You don't have to disclose that. Our bad guys our... <laughs> Well, don't you want don't you want the people to know Trent? Don't you want the ladies of the Granville area to know that you're single and ready to mingle? Sure. Sure, I do. Um, are you on any Are you on any of those apps? Can we ask? Can I ask that? Is that a um, HIPAA violation if I ask if you're on dating apps?
1: No, I, yeah, I'm on them. You can ask. Yeah, I'm on them. Are who, you really? Well, who isn't? I'm not. Okay.
0: Well, there you go. I apologize. Collins, are you
1: on him?
2: I retired after college.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Collins he retired. Uh, Ryan Collins, this is uh, the Ryan Collins flu game of the year. Our friend is a little bit under the weather, so I just, you like, look don't great. Have a vo- I don't have a voice going right now. He is boys. under the weather. You do did look not, good, Collins.
2: Did, I just I don't have the fire behind the the voice. I can just let it yeah, let you know. <laughs>
1: That's okay is that because this is, beach the, headset? this is the kind of episode where you have your boys pick you up. We're going to pick you up.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're going to play. I, I'm i going to play at 105%, and Trent's <laughs> going to play at 105%, so together we're at 110.
1: It's like oh, no. it's like when LeBron, yeah, we're at 210. 210. It's like when LeBron's like, hey, when you fall down, stay down. Your brother going to come pick you up. And then it's the video of him, like, leaving Kuzma <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we're good. We're great. Is that the Turtle Beach headset, Collins? Have you been playing COD?
2: No, it's like some, it's some like old school like headset that they give to you when you got like an HP like PC. (laughs) Collins support.
1: Collins looks like he's yeah, he's like a tech support guy for like GoDaddy or something. Yeah,
0: when you call when you call AT and T because your cable's out for the fifth time this week, Collins is the guy that answers the phone. Probably (laughs) with that headset. With that headset on. Um, yeah, tough break. Didn't record an episode last week. Um, we're not gonna backtrack and go all the way back to the Packers game. We will address the I don't know if you want to call it a win streak. I don't know if you guys remember the scene from Major League where Oh, it's a win streak, Raps. It's a win manager, like The manager's like he comes in the room and he goes, We won yesterday. If we win today, that's two in a row. If we win tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before. So that's where we're at with the Lions. We're one win away from a winning streak. This was just two in a row. So um, we will discuss that later in the show. So we will recap Lions-Bears. We will preview Lions-Giants. I'm assuming at some point today we will somewhat catch up on the Pistons and Red Wings. Um, But... Let's start the show how we always do, a quick Michigan State football minute. But I also think that we need to talk about Michigan State hoops because it's been a thrill. So here's my here's my thoughts on Michigan State football. They beat Rutgers. Good for them. They should be bowl eligible if they take care of business this week. Trent and I are going to the game, right, Trent? Are you in? Are you pencil or sharpie?
1: That is correct. Positive. Yes.
0: Nice. I'm sharpie. Pencil, so you're sharpie. Yeah, some sharpie. Collins, are you going? If we are you are you doubtful now because of your illness?
2: No, I'm planning on going. I should be over. I it's just I, I don't know. We'll see.
0: <laughs> okay,
2: when sick. you say
1: I don't know, we'll see. That scares me, Collins. I I'm up. No, I'm, I'm going.
2: I'm going. If oh. I feel like shit, I'm not going though. It's the last. Collins, home game I'm, I'm of just of the year. Uh, listen.
1: It last. I'm week. gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I feel bad. We're for Ryan Collins. last
0: week. I went last week. I don't care that you broke your elbow. What were you going to say, Trent?
1: I was gonna, I, I feel bad for Collins right now. I just do. I feel bad. Why?
0: I have a cold.
1: Because he's sick. He's very sick.
0: I'm not Being sick, sick at sucks. all. This is the time of year, though, because we went from 75 degrees to 35. Correct. And this is what we're sitting in. But all right, yeah. Trent, so we'll be there. I felt bad because Collins texted me last week, and I, I had faded the game. And Trent was oh, supposed was to go with me last week, too. I was week, looking too. up. Did any of your boys throw last week? No one, no Dead. and my and the guy that the guy that has seats in front of us sold his Indiana tickets for a dollar a piece, one dollar, <laughs> a dollar,
1: gave it away for a lottery ticket.
0: Yeah, well, single dollar, gave it away. It is. I've been in a. I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. I've been on eBay for the last week in a in a in a pretty heated negotiation with this guy. Over a Detroit Lions uh, team issued hand quarterback pouch hand warmer, and we keep going back and forth to the point where we have now we're now splitting hairs between he just counter offered me thirty eight dollars and I re countered the counter for thirty five, so we're that's that's how things have been. I'm standing my ground. I refuse out of principle to go above thirty five. So, and they like they this seller's from Michigan and they they are guaranteeing free two day shipping. So I'm hoping we can close the deal tonight, but I think the window's way too tight. So nonetheless, I wanted to have that for the game. But you know what? One last game for the Spartans at home. Go there. There's there's a certain element to the game of football, especially when you live in a cold-weather state as far as, like, when it gets to the winter seasons to get true, true cold weather. There's something poetic about standing there and freezing your ass off and being miserable it's like it's like my favorite thing in the world like you almost it's like almost like you're hyping yourself up to go through the pain and just like you know you're going to have to have some hot chocolate it's going to have to be a chilly day like the food chili walking tacos a must at the stadium and that's like just how you roll it's great okay that by the way can i say the walking
1: taco I have to give thanks to my good friend Ryan Rabinowitz here and of course Eric Championship Checkeye because I did not know
0: Championship Checkeye.
1: Shout out to Champ. I did not know that that was a legitimate tradition for you guys until I went with you last year. And the walking taco changed my life. Collins, are you a walking taco Spartan Stadium guy?
2: No, dude. (laughs) You get a walking taco at every game,
0: Rebs? Dude, well. Almost my, my buddy Eric. My buddy Eric, I don't like, hate it. Much no, 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 don't,
1: don't do not call him by his name. It called championship him by his check name. guy, Thank champ, you.
0: champ does it every pretty much every game. But I, I it, but... as of late, I it just I was also skeptical, but I had one and they can they give you the option of you can do the Doritos or you can do the Fritos, Doritos, and the Doritos time. is you, you, every you, time. The Doritos is good, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's the perfect weather for it. And. I love whatever, we we'll a saddle talk, up one bro. last time.
2: We'll I love a walking taco.
0: Yeah, but so that's exciting. So Michigan State football, sweet, whatever, Bull eligible, maybe. Stay tuned. But Michigan State hoops, I mean, they should be 3-0. and I'm disappointed. I actually, I've got a couple, you know, i got a couple uh, grind my gears segments here as I open up Michigan State hoops. Went to B-dubs with championship check. out to watch the Gonzaga game. By the way, just so awesome like those games i know they've only done it like what twice but playing on the aircraft carrier unbelievable like good vibes b-dubs and we don't do free ads here but but they have some sort of spell over me to where it's like every single time i eat there i leave and i like verbally i communicate i'm like explicitly i say i'm never coming back here ever again the service stinks And this is not, I'm not here to pick on the service industry. It's just, it's it's been a tough time for the last two years now. So, you know, COVID, we're hoping to rebound. But every time you walk in my local B-dubs, they tell you it's at least a 30 to 45 minute wait every time. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. Anytime you walk in there, it's a 30 to 45 minute wait. But you look around and only 25% of the tables are taken. So I don't know what kind of game they play. And It is literally the most expensive place on earth. Like you go into b Beatubs and get revs in a side?
2: Yes. Sorry, I'm going to let you continue. Uh is that your hometown Beatubs a huge one in Novi too?
0: Yes, it's by it's in Fountain Walk. The that yes. in the mall. It's so a superhuman a- Beatubs. <laughs> it's across the street from the mall. It's like it, it's there's the mall, 12 Oaks. With the Chick Fil A, and then across the street you have like Imagine Theater and Black Rock. Yeah. Listen, you guys yeah. say no free
1: ads, and then you just like completely give away right. the exact and the, location. Not, we're not
0: advertising. We're not advertising. No, continue, continue, Ravs. I just I so, thought for some reason that was like a two story B Dubs. No, no, it's just the standard one. Um, but nonetheless, every time I eat there, like all you, all you know, you get one beer, maybe two. You get wings, you get fries, and your bill is at least fifty bucks. It's unbelievable. And now what they've done to the boneless wings because you you just per health code violation, you can't eat the traditional wings at B Dub's. I think if you're if you don't eat traditional wings, you're a low life scumbag. But you cannot eat the traditional wings at B Dub's because they're inedible. So you have to do the boneless. And now what they've done, they I swear to God, every time I walk in that place, the sizes of the boneless wings are different. There's the snack to small to medium to large. Then they do the 6, to 12, to 18. Now it's like 6, 10, 15 because those fuckers know exactly what they're doing. Because everyone that walks into B-dubs that's over the age of 10 Wants 12 wings, and now you don't have the option. So they make you do 10 or 15, and 10's not nearly enough, and 15's way too many. So it, it's just, and, and for whatever reason, every time I leave that place, I feel awful, like sick to my stomach, awful. And I always find myself back at some point. So Anyway, Michigan State hoops. So we watched the we watched the Gonzaga game there. I had to go play a hockey game, and then, of course, I found out they lose. But unbelievable win against Kentucky. This is just like one of those Izzo teams where there's no true, like, superstar in my eyes. I don't think they shoot particularly well. They play really good team defense. They seem to be a team that's, like, really close-knit. And I think they're going to do some damage this year. This is, like, the whole thing of, of Izzo's – he starts the year with this tough ass schedule, and you know some years it's like, "What are you doing? They're not ready." And some years, like this year, they've shown you that they can compete and hang with these quote unquote best teams in the nation. And I think come tournament time, over the three games I've seen so far, I think they're going to be in good shape. So you love to see it. It's good to have Michigan. This is, this is more of
1: a. This is a Collins thing, so I'm going to let Collins talk. But for me, it's more like when when you – the second I saw the schedule, it's like we're going to know right away if this team is good or not, if this team can compete or not. Like, I, I mean, I was talking with my brother. It's like they're going to lose by 20 to Kentucky. You know, they didn't. They beat them. They beat them in double O-T by eight. So you know right away. Like they're going to be – I have them as like a five seed. We'll see. That can continue to rise, of course, rise and fall because it's very early. We're only three games in but Collins definitely want your thoughts. I just think it's the nice thing about having an impossible schedule. It seems is that you get to know right away. There's no more getting fooled by like, Oh, this team could be okay. Cause they're playing a bunch of cupcakes. Well, Anyone
2: who thinks this season is like, oh, I mean, because they've looked really good in the first two games is like, oh, it's going to be a cakewalk. Izzo will make some adversity. He'll fuck around with the lineup. So we'll have that frustration somewhere until about February. So let's not be out of the woods with that yet. But I will say this, Maddie Zizoko has completely changed the ceiling of this team. The whole thing was Michigan State had really good guards and they did not have good bigs. Maddie Zizoko is right now looks like he could be a third team all big ten guy. Like he's not better than Dickinson. He's not better than Trace Shatson Davis. But the way he is playing defensively and what he is being the empowered to do on the offensive end, like he looks like a guy who could average like 12, 10, and three, which is huge for this team. So They've done a really good job with him development. I've always said this. I think Izzo is maybe one of the best player development guys in the country. If you stay four years, you usually get better. I don't really, there's a, a couple of cases where that's not the case, but I think if you're a four year player and you like trust Izzo, it usually works out at, at Michigan State. You, it usually does. Um, I like the depth. Uh, Nick Hauser looks like a different player this year. Everyone doubt out of him in the Gonzaga game, but. Body-wise, he just looks different. I think he's going to help them more offensively than he has the previous two years. Malik Hall still super frustrating but super talented, so he'll get the most quiet 15 points every night. Um, And then I think the whole key to this Michigan State team, I know they beat Kentucky, but Hodard was awful in that Kentucky game. If Hodard's good, this team is a top-ten team in the country and can go to a Final Four. But if Hodard's going to play like he did against Kentucky, they're going to have issues. And guess what? They won without it, but they're not going to be able to do that if Hodard's playing like thirty minutes. I and I think for this team to be at its best, it's when Hodard's being able to get like twelve and ten. So.
0: All right. Well, that was that was talking hoops with Ryan Collins. Trent, I don't know why you you don't give yourself credit. You were on the Impact podcast. Yeah, pod. I thought Trent was a Impact to give me some Dizzo podcast.
1: No, I guess what I was with saying with Julian
0: Mitchell and Queen Kerwin. I think it's Natalie's birthday today, isn't it?
1: Well, it was yesterday. Bally Sports dropped the ball. They posted the happy birthday late, actually.
0: Did they really? Wow, you're yes. all over that, huh, Trent? Hmm, <laughs>
1: well, nice. no, no, just... They tweeted happy it. birthday
0: Queen Kerwin.
1: Happy birthday Natalie. Well, they um,
0: tweeted it. Rabs, they
2: said sorry we were a day late. They yes. tweeted. Oh, that. did they? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That's,
1: Rab, howdy, Rabs, how like keeping tabs right here? No, I. The reason I'm the reason kidding. I said it was more of a Collins thing is because. Anything in Michigan State? I just think our listeners want to hear Ryan Collins talk more than well. They trying,
2: talk. Like, what do you think? I mean, you watch this. What's it called? I'm trying to think. You covered a team your sophomore year, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, both years, all, so, all four years actually. Yes.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you weren't. I don't think you were on the beat. You weren't on the beat. Your freshman year, not
1: freshman year, no. But I did a few games. Yes, sophomore through senior year. But I guess yeah. my thoughts on the team. I guess it's just like I agree with Rabs. Not great shooting, but that can come and go. Whatever. I
2: actually think they're going to be a really good shooting team. They just I, haven't who
1: can shoot. I think they
2: play fundamentally House, sound. All, all shoot over thirty five percent from three.
1: Because here's the thing, Collins. You said and Holgar didn't play not well. down. You you say Holgar didn't play well against. Uh, Kentucky, and I agree, I don't think Tyson played Walker terrible. played particularly well either, especially down the stretch. So, like, th- those guys have room to go still, but you nailed it with Sissoko. That's the biggest story of the season so far. That guy, he just couldn't stay out of foul trouble, you know, his first It's still going to be a problem this year. No, and it might be, and and I could see it being a, uh, an issue, but you look at, you know, the other guys like Shibwe, they have issues with that too. You saw it case in point. So, I just... You're, you are exactly right in that the biggest story of the season is Madi Sissoko changes the ceiling of the team because Michigan State, the whole thing was go get a center. Izzo didn't. Trusted his guys. He had a great quote about it today, by the way. He said, loyalty is a two-way street. Trusted his guys. His guys trust him. So, yeah. Sky's the limit for this team. We're only three games in, and, you know, the schedule doesn't even get any easier. So, we'll see. But... Uh, yeah, to, it's to a very that style. win. Yeah, to pick up that win against Kentucky and only lose to Gonzaga, I want it's like there's no reason this team shouldn't be in the AP top fifteen come Monday. That's all. Well, I'm they
2: should have beat Gonzaga too. They want they were right. Yeah, they were better that whole game. But um, last thing, I, I think the one part that's encouraging you haven't even seen Jaden Aikens and Pierre Brooks contribute in a real way yet on this team. And I think they both are gonna do that. Pierre Brooks, I think, will be their best shooter. Uh, and he's like a good seventh man, and I think Jay Nacins is legit. Could be like a star at Michigan State, so we'll see.
0: All right, good stuff. Exciting so far to start for the start for the Spartans. Uh, I guess we can stay on hoops. Um, we got to catch up on Pistons some. Uh, so I'll turn it over to you guys. But uh, three and twelve. I think they're on a four or five game losing skid. They actually it do play tonight. Not great. Not great, Ravs. <laughs> they, they do play tonight against the Clippers at 1030. The Wings actually play tonight at 1030 as well against the San Jose Sharks. So. Ravs,
1: I was going to tell you that because like the, t- it's the Thursday night football thing with the Amazon Prime, and it's always hard to get you know the Thursday night football on TV. So the Pistons and Wings are killing mm-hmm. me because they both have 1030 start times. And it's like I I, I I'm I'm in yeah. limbo until we're even done recording this podcast here.
0: Well, can I before we before we get into the Pistons? That was another grind my gears type of thing I wanted to address with the Thursday night football. I I cannot believe how bad the Thursday night football product is. Yeah. I I think I've watched a lot of Packers football this year, um, and I've I really haven't watched a lot of the Titans. But in having watched most of the first half of that game tonight both of those teams are so bad. Like the tight, the Titans are so boring to watch. Well, they're not bad
1: though. That doesn't make them bad. The Titans are good. Well, they're going to oh, win that division.
0: Whatever. Six and three, six and three. Sweet. They're so boring to watch. It's like watching paint dry because Ryan Tannehill, like, his like two little two-step drop back. Raps, it, would you rather have Ryan 30...
1: Tannehill or Jared Goff? Who would you Ryan rather
0: Tannehill? <laughs> it, it takes it takes him 30 seconds to wind the ball up and throw. And like Derek Henry is like, I mean, I, I get, he's a tremendous running back and one of the best in the league, but watching him run is like molasses. It's like watching molasses pour out of a bottle. Like he, and I get that he gets yards and stuff. but just bad. The Packers stink that coach. There might not be a single more overrated coach in the league than Matt LaFleur. Like they some of some of the play calling and just there's a certain level there's a certain level of of coaching that is about feel and I'm a feel guy. I I always have good feel. I feel better than most people in the world. And I'm watching these games and just like some of the plays they run based on feel is just it's just wrong. It's wrong. So all the Thursday night matchups stink. The fact that, that we have to watch these games on Amazon Prime, there there is every with every passing day, there is a large part of me that just wants to like go get one of those thick-ass – remember how the TVs used to be thick, like they would be deep TVs? I want to get one of those in like a Nintendo 64 and like a, my French press for coffee and just go off into the woods somewhere and just – be a recluse for the rest of my life, because this world is completely passing me by from every angle. You got to stream the game. I'm paying for an Amazon Prime membership to watch one shit football game a week just because my dad likes to watch the game. If I don't have to watch a Thursday night game for the rest of my life, I don't care. I would actually forego a Lions game on Thursday night just so I don't have to pay the extra $7.95 $7.95 a month for Amazon Prime, which I don't use other than to watch the, the Thursday yeah, night except, football. Game. Except except so, Spin Zone. Spin you, zone. NFL, if the Lions played zone. on Thursday, if the Lions played
1: on Thursday, you'd be at Ford Field, Spin Zone.
0: Maybe, but, but fuck you, NFL. Fuck you, Amazon. And just and fuck the free world. I'll end up with that. So that's my gripe, but anyway, Pistons. So to your point, Trent, the fact that you're even considering watching this Thursday night football game over one of your two Detroit teams—no, it's not. It's not over.
1: It's not over the Pistons. It's the fact that I I look at the slate tonight. I'm like, what am I going to watch? Okay, great, we got Thursday night football, beer. and then I go Pistons, Wings, and it's not till ten thirty. So I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I can't I believe we're. Bit.
0: This is nine thirty. We have, I mean, we got another hour. I honestly they might have a beer. I don't have to work tomorrow, so all right. Um, anyway, Pistons, I mean, look, I, here's my third and final grind my gears. This was from two weeks ago. I went to the Pistons, Oklahoma city thunder game at little Caesars arena. And every now and then through my job. And I, I should say it happens like almost all the time when games don't sell well, which they seldom do, they will offer complimentary tickets to the colleagues and so I usually scoop them up when I you know I get my maximum of 4 and I scoop them up because that's one of the things I love about my job. I'm very grateful that I get to treat my friends and other people to come down to games and concerts and whatever. So I always grab them. And and I think I have now been to two Pistons games as a fan this year and and after the Oklahoma City game like midway through the game I politely turned to my friends and I said Anytime I have the opportunity to get free tickets to watch this team play, I will get them, and I will let you know, and you can have them. Please don't ask me to come to another game this year. It is some of the worst basketball I have ever seen, and I I used to play Parks and Rec basketball when I was a child. It is like there is no rhyme or reason to anything the Pistons do. They get score. It's like a they they literally let up hundred and fifteen to hundred and thirty points every game. They haven't won since November seventh, and I, I just don't I don't understand. And everyone, there's all those people out there that listen to me talk about the Pistons on this podcast. You know, you're a Fairweather fan. You don't like you don't like the NBA. More than the other, I get it. I get it, and that's fair. I am a fair weather Pistons fan. I've said it a million times. It's the reason why when we talk about this team, Collins and Trent run the show. I'm a fair weather Pistons fan. I love the Pistons. I want them to be good and be successful. The NBA is my least favorite out of the four major sports, and I probably watch more NBA basketball than the majority of the country. This team is fucking awful. And if you want to sell and I, you know, Cade, I get it. And he's hurt right now. So, so so he, I, he's hurt right now. I get it. The offense for this team is legitimately just, if Boyan can't knock down a three, drive the lane and throw a shot up and pray to God, you get fouled because no one else can shoot. Can I, there, can I start there, Revs? Can I start there?
1: Can I start there? Go ahead.
0: You can take no, it over because it's. I've seen enough. It's terrible.
1: Here, here's my thing with the Pistons, and you're exactly right, and I'm kind of glad that you gave that little interlude because we haven't talked in two weeks. I mean, the last time we talked, I think, was the, the Pistons. It was actually good things to talk about last week. I mean, they said Cade had a career high somewhere in there and something was going on, and We and we dropped the ball on, on getting an episode out, whatever. But here's the thing. The Pistons are obviously tanking, and that, that, that sucks because – it looks like next season will be what I wanted this season to be, which is very simply compete with your young players and and just try to win every single night. They're not doing that. I mean, the fact that they're sitting Cade Cunningham out for four games, which, you know, in NBA time is a week and a half, with shin soreness, I mean, that that has shades of, you know, <laughs> Philadelphia. i got sem-
0: shin soreness every morning.
1: I mean, that's, that's 76ers 2016 written all over it. It's just like. The 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 reason that I still the the reason I wanted to start with what Rab said was the offense is broken, it's this, that, and the other. I think individually a lot of these players I like what I see. Like Kate has been awesome. Marvin Bagley's back. He scored 16 in his second game back. Beef Stew's been awesome. He's taken a step in every facet of his game. He's tough as nails. Sadiq Bey has a bit of a bench roll now. Boyan's awesome. Jalen Duran looks productive. Killian Hayes has actually had a really good little stretch here. I don't I don't know if you can call it a heater. I don't know if you can call it a streak. Call it whatever you want. The point is, individually they're great. And when you put it all together, they're not. And that's why I think there needs to be a coaching change. And the reason I don't think there will be is because the Pistons clearly have a little, you know, under the table handshake with Dwayne Casey here of this. And I don't know if it's for Victor Wembayama or what the deal is here. The NBA is factually, it's a lottery system. It's not like the NFL where the worst team automatically gets the first pick. So I don't necessarily subscribe to it. I'm just simply saying, we see what's going on here. The Pistons want to get another top pick, and it breaks my heart. Because I think they have enough to compete in this Eastern Conference. I really do. You can go back a month and listen to our podcast from a month ago, and I I. You know, I paraded this team out there to start the season, and they beat the Magic on night one, and I was feeling great. It ain't oh. gonna be like that, guys. They're gonna win less. You know, they're gonna win like twenty games this year. That's what it is. They're gonna be right at the top but of the ladder. Over thirty, didn't you I, take the win total over thirty games? Of course, of course, I, I did. And they I win know eighteen I games raps. every year. Given what I see, I have to backtrack, which sucks, and that's why I say it breaks my heart. <laughs> Kate Cunningham, I hope your shin gets better. Collins, what are your thoughts on the Pistons?
2: Um positives. Chile has actually played better the last like four or five games. Um other than that, not really. They suck. They legit have the worst bench in the lead. They've had the worst bench in the lead the entire year. When Cade was healthy, their starting lineup actually wasn't bad, but he's hurt now. Um Sadiq, the thing about it, I still like what I see with all the young players. Um I do. I Ivy, I was at that Celtics of Pistons game on Saturday night. Ivy looked good. I think he's settling for threes a little bit too much, but he also is hitting a decent amount, so, I mean, whatever. Um, They suck. Um, And if you're going to suck, this is a really good year to suck in. So I I don't have that much to say. Um, It is disappointing. I thought this team would win a little bit more.
1: It's dejecting. It's deflating. It is what I don't think
2: it's deflating, Trump, because I still think. It's
1: deflating to me. To me it is, Collins. I am deflated.
2: Because best-case scenario, they were like the 12 in the plan. So I think it's (laughs) like – That's fair. To be honest, they tank now, you get Wimbiana or you get Scoot or you get one of these other really good players, this team's even more ready to roll. And it's clear that their window is in the next three to four years. So I think they're going to trade Bodanovich – before the deadline this year and hopefully you're able to turn it into a draft pick.
1: If that is the plan, asses. if that is the plan, that's brilliant cuz you're right, he's playing great. So like if if that's the plan, he's a do,
2: solid NBA player. I'm assuming yeah. he he will be gone. I I
1: find Well, also no just what, I'm just saying in an, an expanded him. role with the Pistons like he's playing awesome. So you're right, if they if they need to get rid of him, it should be this off season or not not this this season before the deadline in February for sure.
2: And he's got a really controllable deal for anyone. But other than that, yeah, I mean, they suck. Point blank, they suck. And the thing about it is all these, like, excuses, like, oh, badly, once he gets bad. I'm like, Marvin Badley is not helping you win these games. Like, what? Alec Birch is not helping you win these games. There's They need three or four more players. The one thing that is clearly obvious, this team needs an athletic wing who can guard and shoot. They don't really have that. Let's Oh, see you me. mean
1: like Benedict Mathrin? That would have been awesome. I uh, continue.
2: Go yeah, ahead. I but I, <laughs> I you try you know how I felt. I thought I said they should have said Mathrin, but whatever. We were I a
1: mean, math we were a Benny Mathrin pod, podcast. I was, not, uh,
2: yeah. I was not an Ivy guy. So
1: I, I don't, don't think very many people were. We were all Benedict Mathrin guys, and he's playing
0: great. I think
2: most people way. were Ivy guys. Not well, on this podcast. Yeah, people,
0: I, not this podcast, but I think the majority of people were. And, and, and again, I will be the He's first one to admit to you. I, I just don't. I really don't like it. I, I personally there. It's like every single time the guy has the ball. It is just a it's a fucking walking tornado of just running to the rim, flailing, throwing up shots behind his back, praying. It, I just, I can't. I can't be it. Good. I, I and he's I get, that he's, a, I get he's that he's get that a good, super Rabs. athletic uh, great. I don't I've watched two he games has this been year effective. And I'm just telling you what I've seen. He has Benny's i awesome. good.
1: Rabs raises legitimate concerns, but we have to realize he's a rookie. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page. We're fine. We just wanted Benny Mathrin Sue us. Rabs here. Well,
2: no, I has been good. I still think Ivy can the way Ivy's played, he's still got this same ceiling that Mathern does. Sure. Mathern is just a more I don't know, maybe would have fit this roster a little bit better, which is fine. I'm not I think Ivy and Kate actually play decent together. They just it's obvious that this team needs an athletic win and they need another big. So I at this point they just need effective basketball players. So I don't know what they're gonna do. Um I still think Kate's the guy Kate's on your play for a little bit this team's in full on tank mode. If they get Wimbiana, though, it's all worth it.
1: Yeah, I think that's the mindset. Look, we've got three and a half minutes until this uh meeting ends. Good radio. But I will also say, Ravs, this is a good little opportunity for me to sprinkle in. Victor Reyes cut from the or no, ops for free agency. <laughs> and I want Dude. I just want you to give a post mortem here for the next three minutes or, or or less.
0: No, that's good. I'll use all three on Victor Reyes. I'm glad we got to sprinkle some tigers in him. <laughs> I I wish nothing but the best for Victor Reyes. I I always just have a fundamental problem with when you are not a good team in any sport like the Tigers have not been and they acquire young talent and then you just for whatever reason you don't let them play. And I and I know we're on to a new era of Tigers baseball, but I I just I just think it's unfortunate that we will never really truly know what could have been with some of those guys because they didn't really they, they're you're rotating a thousand guys to play in an outfield. And, and look, I understand the ceiling for Victor Reyes is realistically not as high as I probably brought it off to be, but I think that the guy did a hell of a job in the limited time that he got for being a rule five pick or whatever he was that the Tigers got. And it just, it just goes back to show how poorly mismanaged the Detroit Tigers were under Alavila, and if and, and I'd love to throw in Daz Cameron to the fold, Trent, because Justin Verlander just won another Cy Young. at sixty-five years old, coming off of of Tommy John surgery, and you legitimately have zero, zero to show for it. Frankie Perez is useless. He's hurt every year. We've never seen him. Jake Rogers was out the entire year with Tommy Tommy John. Victor Reyes. I'm just, I'm taught just in general of these two players that were young guys for the Tigers. Daz Cameron is now no longer a Tiger, and granted, when you saw him, he wasn't great, but the unfortunate thing is, and you guys argue with me all the time, he simply did not get enough bats at the Major League level. He's always looking over his shoulder (laughs) for Robbie Grossman to come out of the dugout (laughs) like he's He's Babe Ruth every day. Are you talking about Daz Cameron? I wish nothing but the best for Daz and for Victor Reyes, and I hope they go elsewhere. And all you guys, when you guys watch Victor Reyes make an all-star team, and Daz Cameron's playing and in the postseason. Team. When Daz Cameron's playing in the postseason, leading off and playing center field, I'm gonna shove it right up your hoop and you guys can tell me I you told us when you the, told us dude, so Rab. Dura- you knew you knew
1: I was out the of time Dura- for the segment.
0: Stop acting like That's I didn't the like over Dura- Collins. Dura- you didn't like him. You didn't like him, you didn't give him a chance The no, segment's over. I liked to say it was better than all right, whatever. I'm putting I'm putting the Tigers to bed for a while. I can't do it to myself anymore. Let's talk about the Wings. Um there's been a a slew of games since we last spoke. Uh it, it's been really up and down. Um and and I think that without just given the timeliness of this episode, I don't necessarily know if it's in our if it's in our best interest to go back through every single game, but but basically here's the story for you. Um we're sitting here talking on November 17th. The the Red Wings are currently tied for third place in the Atlantic. No, I'm sorry. They're a point out of third place in the Atlantic division, in a division that's really been incredibly top-heavy because the Boston Bruins are 15-2, zero regulation losses, and have been absolutely unbelievable at the top of your division. Toronto's had a bit of a slow start. They've kind of found their legs as of late. But the the thing that that is really... Really promising to me, and I don't necessarily love the way the Wings have been doing it as of late because they they do have four overtime losses where you get four points out of that, um, which gives them eighteen points. Where like I said, third place is is locked up at nineteen, and you're still so so early in the year. But I I, I think that you you can at least take away from this team like okay, like they've they've shown you enough of the fact that you can. Compete in this division like I Boston. I don't necessarily see them slowing down anytime soon. Toronto. I, I think will take off and kind of get to that level at some point. But, you know, T- Tampa Bay. They're they're such a seasoned veteran team that you have to imagine as time progresses, they'll kind of they'll just, you know, they're Tampa Bay. They'll they'll be like that for a couple more years, especially while they have Andre Vasilevsky and that. but like your Florida I mean, I don't know. Like, I I don't really know what to make of that team as of right now, and I don't I don't know how strong they are defensively. And like, they you know they lose Huberto in the off season, and I know that you know you bring Matthew Kachuk over, but that team looks a little bit different. Um, but but nonetheless, I I mean the Wings are hanging in there, and and they're not really getting a lot of national love, which is whatever. I mean, it, it's it's hard to do that when you're a team that is, you know, I don't want to say rebuilding still, but. That's what it looks like to most people that are that are casual hockey fans, and and that's fine. But, um, I think there's a lot of things that you've seen from the Wings so far that are promising. I mean, they 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 compete a lot better on most nights. I mean, I, I don't think we talked about the absolute collapse they had against the Rangers where they lost that one eight I to two. There. I think the Rangers. I I was working that game too. I think My the Rangers God. scored five goals in the third period, right? Because Troop was on that team, which is why Collins was there, right? What's the call? I think. Maybe one of those goals was on a so too. It was like yeah, that door yeah, just defensive <laughs> breakdown after defensive breakdown, which was incredibly frustrating. But um, so other than that, I mean, they're they're competing. I, I really like the way they play. I think they're playing a lot more of a structured game. um, uh, they're they've been a lot better at controlling play in the offensive zone. Um, you know, time of possession's been a lot better i on the carryover. The, the, the biggest thing for me, and I know the power play statistically still isn't where it needs to be, but it looks a lot better. Like the puck movement's better. They're they're able to to create better, more quality chances. And the biggest catalyst of that have been Dominic Kubalik and David Perron. Like this team, without those two guys this year, I, I don't even know where you would be. It would be a completely different team. And it's just the testament to the work that Steve Iserman does, um and, and that's incredibly promising for me. Dominic Kubelik truly has been your best Red Wing all, all year. He's got 18 points in 16 games, seven of those being being goals. And and David Perron um, is a guy that's 34 years old that I, that I don't want to say that St. Louis gave up on, but maybe people were looking at him like, ah, oh, he might not have it the same as he used to. He's got 11 points in 16 games. I know he brings a, a tremendous – um, amount of of leadership into that room and um, they they've got the injury bug for sure um, you know Phillips Adina goes down I think he's supposed to miss some relatively significant time I, I think at least a month maybe two months um, you do get Tyler Bertuzzi back in the lineup which is tremendous and it just comes down to a depth thing so um, good to have him back in the lineup and you know you, I think Elmer Soderblom hasn't been what he was when people started the season and saw him play and he's banged up, but Oscar Sunquist has just come back and, you know, Matt Luff is in the lineup for a bit. And now he's gone. And so there's, there's so many moving pieces of this team of like, you you really haven't been able to put a consistent lineup together since what feels like the first week of the season so um you know like the the game against the ducks like that's a game you got to win and and there's still that little and I I think I said this before on the podcast but the wings like similar to how Dan Campbell made that comment in hard knocks of like we got that last little bit of losing in us like the wings still have that and I don't know if it's a personnel thing and I'd like to think that Derek Lalonde is a good enough coach that you know, those things get corrected and they definitely do play with a lot better structure and they, you know, they're, they're generating more shots. And um, I, I think the team definitely looks a lot better. And a lot of that's a personnel thing, but I don't know. There's just that element to them of they're, they're really, I think they've really been exposed of, of like, people are seeing that their, their defensive group is not, anywhere close to where it needs to be. And admittedly Lucas Raymond's come on a bit more this year. I mean, he's putting the puck in the net as of late, but Mo cider really hasn't done a whole lot this year in my eyes. And I, there's no reason to, to, I mean, the guy won rookie of the year last year. So there's no reason to cry over it. The, the sophomore slumps happen. He hasn't been bad by any means, but he definitely has not been the Mo Sider that we saw last year. I do think that that pairing is really solid between him and Sharap, but like Olimana offensively, you've gotten something out of him that I don't think anyone thought he had in his game, and, and that's been tremendous. Phillip Pronix had a really good year points wise. I think he's got like two goals and nine assists in his 16 or 17 games, whatever it may be. Um, but the bottom line is they're not they're not deep enough defensively. Jake Wallman gets gets healthy and he's back in the lineup a bit. Um, you've seen Jordan Oshley play over Robert Hag as of late. Um, and I think Gustav Lindstrom might be a little bit banged up, or, or or he might just be getting straight up healthy scratch. So, um, that that group has a long ways to go. Um, Jonathan Bertrand finally makes his NHL debut. Really love this kid's game, and I I think that uh, as a second round pick, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head what draft that was, but um, one of those names that it, it's kind of been in the mix of like your Joe Velenos and you know and, and your Soderbloms and your Edvinsons and Siders and Raymonds of like okay, this is a name that we keep hearing and hearing, and where is he? And he comes up from Grand Rapids. I, he got his first NHL goal the other night. Um, but I just really like what he has to his game. And I don't, for whatever reason, I always thought that this was a guy that was supposed to play in the top six. But I think you found a really, really solid guy who's who middle six is probably his ceiling, but more of a bottom six winger that can that can grind you out and plays with a little bit of jam. Um, and I just think is, is coming to the league and is trying to prove himself, which is really healthy to do when you have a team that's kind of always teetering between like, okay, are we taking a step forward or taking a step back? So I like what he's brought to the ice. Um, as far as goaltending is concerned, I mean, Billy, Husso's is the guy there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. I really haven't been that impressed with Alex and this year. Um, and it is what it is, but you know, for, for me, uh, I'd like to see where this team is at when they're completely healthy um, they are sorely missing Jacob Vrana at this point of course it's a really tough situation but to get him back in the lineup would be would be huge because that's again what we saw like week one of the season week two of the season was a really really complete team that can beat you several different ways that is tough to play against lines one through four and this is a lineup that was scratching Pew Suter and Phillips Zadina and now Zadina's out for a while I, I need to go look at his stats and I I'm I, before I say I'm gonna pull it up before I say because I don't want to misspeak here. But as far as his stat line is concerned, I mean, three points in 15 games this year, and 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 I always go back to his career numbers as this was a guy that was supposed to be a perennial goal scorer that dropped to you as a gift at six right before Quinn Hughes. 19 points in 86 games played. I mean, it's, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Joe Valeno. That's incredible. I knew something was wrong because Phillips Adina, I think, has zero points on the year. Zero points in nine games, which is exactly what I was looking for. I knew it. I, fuck, I knew something was wrong when I was reading it. But on his career, his 25 goals in 169 games is not quite good enough for what he's supposed to bring at a minus 49 rating. And you know who was another guy that was supposed to be, you know, flashy, speedy, uh, you know, can, can get the puck to the net, can score for you, but was an absolute liability and and led the led the fucking free world and and minus was Andreas Antonacic who the Red Wings were pretty quick to get rid of after a couple seasons. So he's still 22, Zadina, but the thing is it's like I look at a guy like Joe Valeno, who I just read his stats on accident, like at least he's a plus four this year. He's only a minus 10 in his 86 games for a team that has not defended well. And in the role that, you know, Veleno's supposed to play, like that's – I think he has a really high upside as far as his skill is concerned and like that. When he first burst onto the scene in the OHL, getting that exceptional status as a 15-year-old – I mean he was tremendous to watch like just super good hands very very high IQ Um, just the guy that could kind of do it all at the center position now he's carved out a role for himself in that middle to bottom six of being a center that is you know really hard on the forecheck really hard on pucks he's a bigger guy and, and, and it's kind of added a bit more of that Michael Rasmussen to his game but he's doing it with more skill and more speed. So I like, that's a guy that brings something to the table. That's carved out a role. Phillips Adina has, he just, it's just not, it's not there. I don't know if like some guys do really well with a change of scenery. I don't know what you can get for him. He's hurt now. So that's an issue. But the bottom line is at, at 22 years old, like the NHL is only getting younger and younger. And these guys come into the league now at 18, 19, 20, 21, and at least are making an impact, even if not on the score sheet, but like in your defensive game and being able to get pucks out of the zone, being defensively responsible, you can put him on a power player PK unit. You can't do that with Phillips Adina. You just can't because he doesn't produce and his game doesn't set him up very well to play in the bottom six. And that's where he belongs on this team. So He's been frustrating. Um, looking back at the defenseman, I mean, Philip Peronik is a is a very polarizing player in, in a lot of Red Wings fans' eyes. For me, yeah, it, it just has to be cleaned up defensively. I, I know that he's more of an offensive player and I and I get that, but I I just don't I don't know. Just to to, to be in your top four, I don't think it's is it's just not gonna cut it. Uh, so in a perfect world, he's probably playing in your in your third pair. And I don't know what this decor is going to look like come next year. You got to hope that Simon Edmondson starts to put it together in Grand Rapids and Albert Johansson can play and William Olinder. Um, you know, some of these guys, the, Jared McIsaac, I know he's one of those prospects that's like the the time has kind of passed him by and and whatnot. So um, I don't know. My last thing, I mean, Andrew Kopp. You just got a you got a hell of a contract, bro. It'd be nice to see you show up and play one of these days. I mean, it just did he has struggled tremendously. He really hasn't been all that good in the face off dot, which is what he was, you know, was supposed to be one of his strengths. Um, I I think the dominant Kubelik is everything that Andrew Cop was supposed to be for you. Um, and and seven points in sixteen games for me with only having one goal. Like I I he. You just got to see more. I just haven't seen it, and, and and I it's still early in the year, and I think he's a fine player, but um, I think he'll come on. I think, I mean, he missed all of camp having that
2: abdominal surgery, so like,
0: right, I don't and know. I and I truly count. Like I was talking about this with some other guys the other day. I truly don't know if he's like hundred percent healthy. Like he just looks like he is, something's but... missing. Like it's just a step or something. But I'm not, think, I'm not throwing the throwing out the book on him. I he's a he's a fine player, but the, whatever. They're, they they played a night against the Sharks, coming off of a really tough letdown loss in overtime against the Ducks. Like you got to have this game. You just do. You're better than the Sharks. You have to have the game. So I don't know. That's all I got for wings. Unless you guys want to jump in, that's all I have. Incredible uh, as always, Collins. No, I
2: think you're right though, making the point that Cider hasn't been great this year. So.
0: Oh, he had. I mean, like Raymond had a slow start, so I'm not worried about it by any means. It's just one of those things that, like, again, you're not getting any, everything out of Andrew Cop yet or Cider. Um, you know, maybe Raymond's not fair to say at this point, but um, you know, you, you got to get some guys healthy. Like Burt's, Burt's back. Sunquist is back, and that that helps. I mean, Sunquist has made a a huge difference. You know, Soderblom's banged up, so. Um, you know, once this team's fully healthy, again, we can reevaluate, but you're right in the mix. You know, you're not embarrassing yourself. There's plenty of other teams in the league that are having a way tougher time than you. So um, with that, I think we can move on and we'll wrap up with lions as we always do. Um, We have two games to talk about, but I think we can kind of gloss. I mean, we can kind of wrap.
1: Well, let's, let's just call it what it is. The lions beat, Douchebag and his crybaby uh, <laughs> you know, wide receivers, Aaron Rodgers, crying in a suit. Yeah. And if it weren't for the Dallas Rodgers, might
2: have threw that game. By the way, I'm not full. I'm it fully was terrible. convinced.
1: No, it looked. It looked. It looked terrible. I'm I mean, fully he convinced he had money around, around.
2: on the Lions.
1: He might have. He might have.
2: He was he so bad in that game. It wasn't even the Lions' defense being good. It was just Rodgers being bad.
1: I just loved him stepping to the podium after the game being like, yeah, you know, you hate to lose a game to a team of that caliber. It's gonna sting for a while. Dude, shut up. Like Dude, that pick play better. Maybe maybe hunch. don't maybe don't no look Mahomes wrist flip it on fourth and goal to for, for, for the game. Like you suck. I hate it. I loved every second of it. I will let Collins continue. I loved every second of it. That's all I wanted to say.
2: He was terrible. That pick he threw the hutch is one of the worst interceptions you'll see in the NFL. Either way, Michigan basketball is getting stomped. Sorry. Michigan is? Yeah, but Arizona State. I don't even think they're very good. Big mm. time's to be fun in basketball. Very weird side note. But, yeah, Lions. Um, One nice thing, I mean, that we can tally in both games, your young defensive players are starting to play well.
1: Yes, so, they are.
2: So, and this defense sucks as a whole, but – Okuda and Hutchinson and Joseph, the last two games have been like key contributors. So that's exciting. That's something you can hang your hat on. By the way, I don't think t- these two wins matter because I think they're going to lose this week. And I think they're going to get absolutely destroyed on Thanksgiving. Um, but I mean, this was, I, I always liked beating the bears. I fucking hate the bears. So it was nice, nice to see one go in. And by the way, Fields was awesome in that game. Fields also lost them that game. I agree. Fields is yes, a, yes. Yeah, but Fields is, by the way, if you're a Bears fan, you can't be more excited because Fields is awesome. And if they get the right guys around him, he's going to be really good for the next like, five to six years at least because he's so dynamic with the ball. But he did lose that, that pick he threw to Okuda brought the Lions back into the game. I well, yeah, they, I mean once if,
1: once the Lions tried to make him actually throw the ball, yeah, it was over. The the, the Bear well, he can't yeah. throw the ball. He sucks at throwing the football. No, he,
2: that, I completely disagree with
1: No, that. he sucks at throwing the ball, Collins. He doesn't. A, he doesn't As a quarterback you have to be decent. He doesn't. At the way the ball. that
2: they set it, he also has the worst weapons in the NFL. I, I uh, They traded for Claypool. I couldn't tell.
1: They traded for Chase, Claypool Claypool is not good.
2: What? Claypool's not that good.
1: Okay, well I'm tell just that saying, Tell that to the well, gave up for him. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I think Justin Fields is a very, very below average passer. He's got to get a lot better. I agree with you in that bears. He's bear also stance. like
2: the most dynamic runner since Michael Vett. So he doesn't have to be that dynamic.
1: 0-2. Mm. 0-2 oh, oh, with all those rushing yards. I, I don't know. I I, I, I have not written. No, I agree with you. I agree with Why you. Why are you being a hater right now? Because I'm the broadcasters not, were Collins, it was a double wrist fest on Justin Fields. All said, He's no loop, sandpaper finish. He's their whole offense. Cool. So, so is what? so is so is Jamal Williams for the Lions. I don't know. Did
2: Jamal Williams have more than like twenty carries? Is he had more than fifteen no. carries? No, nope,
1: I said that as a joke. Listen, all jokes aside, I I agree with you on Fields in that like Bears fans should be excited. I mean, he's he's been awesome Bears this year. Suck. I yeah, just I just think that game turned on a dime when the Lions made him throw the ball. He threw the ball right to Okuda, and then at the end he had four. Listen, the Bears had a minute and a half to get a first down. They couldn't even get a first down to the point where there was a minute and change left on the clock where the Lions had to like actually go run plays. Like The game wasn't technically over yet, even with the Bears not having timeouts. So that's all I'm saying. I I don't know, Rabs. I know you probably have a uh, – you, you always put your thoughts very well together with this kind of stuff. I'll say this. The Lions were down 24-10 to the Bears. I was dejected. I, w- I was absolutely dejected. I thought the sky was falling. I thought they were going to fire down. Everything's falling. all over. It, it, I just – and then and then it flipped. Something flipped, and the pluses from that game, Collins, you mentioned the defense. It, it's, it's the young talent on the defense because you have guys like Hutch, Rodrigo, who didn't play in that game, of course, but in general, Kirby Joseph, Pascal, and Okuda, and obviously Tracy Walker – who you know is hurt deserves to be on that list of guys that we at least have like in the chamber going forward. Where yes, the defense <laughs> sucks as a whole, Collins, no doubt about it. And I agree with you. It's just that like they might suck because the majority of the players on the team are young, and the majority of the uh, players on that side of the ball are young. So you can at least watch that. And against a team like the Bears, you love to pick up a confidence win there. Um, and lastly, I just think uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was awesome in that game. He's, he's a possession receiver. He's not a deep threat. He's not a wide out, but he's available. And I, at some he's point – He's be a
2: really he, nice piece once they get Jamison bad too.
1: Yes, when the, when the Lions can stretch the field a little better because at some point in that game, I think it was through seven receptions for Amon Ross St. Brown, he had seven catches on seven targets for seven first downs. Like he just is – Great at running routes. He's in that Amari Cooper <laughs> air as far as that goes. And I don't know. It was just awesome to see him back in the fold because he's kind of been hurt in and out of the lineup this year and everything. And then lastly, my negative, this is my really only big negative because the defense is a negative, but we already covered that because they covered their own ass by making plays at the end of the game. My big negative from this game, Ben Johnson. Now, I hate to say it because I like Ben Johnson, but I don't like the way the lions run the ball and, and I, First and 10 has to be a run. It has to be a run to either Swift or Williams. It's not that hard. I don't care to see Justin Jackson getting as many carries as he's getting. They're working him in too much. I know it's cuz Craig Reynolds is hurt, but dude, how many teams in this league are running three running backs in a game? It's it's not that common. It's like just it's Swift and Williams and and it has I when you're dealing with golf, and I don't mean to open up this whole like case file on golf again. We'll do it at the end of the year. It's just like you have to run the ball on first down. You just have to. It has to be done. And that's my that's my only thing. Last thought on this whole Lions situation. It's officially the time of the year where where the Lions win, everyone's pissed about draft position. And when they lose, everyone wants to call for Campbell and Holmes' jobs without context. I hate it. It's the worst. I just would like it to all go away. If anyone's complaining about draft position, uh, you know what? I'll save this. I'll save. I'll, I'll save the whole because I want Bryce Young. I want. I, I want Bryce Young just as much as the next guy, but I think we have to just let everything play out and then talk about this because I understand the Lions need QB. The fact of the matter is, there's a half a game left, or, or excuse me, a half a season left with some winnable games on the schedule a la Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the New York teams I think they'll beat. More on that later. They still get the Bears at home. There's still winnable games on the schedule, and the, these people that want to complain that the Lions aren't going to, you know, they're they are blowing their chances at a top pick. we have had top picks for decades, man, and it hasn't worked out. So have some faith in your general manager, Brad Holmes, that everyone seems to love, and I love him too. Have some faith in that guy to make the right pick, wherever the lions end up picking because you also have to remember they've got a lot of draft capital and Brad Holmes has shown even last year with Jamison Williams moving up to 12 that he is not afraid to move up and pick somebody, pick his guy. So I think everyone needs to calm down on the lions are blowing their chances at cause a win against the bears. As Ryan Collins said, is always, I'm going to say it's chicken soup for the soul. So Rams go ahead with your thoughts on, you know, the, the the win streak we can call it I guess
0: two in a row not yet a streak um but yeah I mean I I don't think that the Lions should ever apologize for winning it's you, I mean you hit the nail on the head Trent and it is a it is a tough it is a tough game to play because I I get it there is something to be said about the playing the long term game of like oh winning games can hurt you but at the same time it's like I just want to see the Lions win man and you have two first round picks this year no matter what. That Rams pick is going to look better and better every single week. Cup's gone for a while. And I, I think Stafford's supposed to play this week, but he hasn't been very good. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, yeah, I I, I don't think the Lions should apologize for winning. Um, anytime you can beat Aaron Rodgers is great. They're two and one in the division now, right? Like, I I I mean, that's great. Like, that and and I think that uh you know, I, there's, there's positives to take out of these games. And if you want to, you know, come at it from the angle of while they fight and they came back from being down against the bears and they stayed in until the end and they found a way to win like that. That's a positive for me. They, they stood strong and stood tall in the Packers game and the defense got you out of it at the end there. And they won that game. And then against the bears, it was the same thing. Like those were two games. The lions could have easily, they could have gone the other way. Um and it and it could have been bad. It could have been bad. Um, it is a little jarring to see that that went against the Bears as Dan Campbell's first road win as the Lions head coach. Um, I couldn't believe that was an actual real stat. And you know, it, it's funny like the jokes of uh, you know, Jeff Saturday stepped in and got his first road win. That I think they're on the road, right? The Colts or whatever. But whatever. Um, you know, I don't think they should apologize for winning. Uh, as far as the team is concerned in the play, like I, there's just. I'm, I'm, I'm really in such a weird spot with the lions because I truly don't think they're good. There's, there's so many things in watching that in the game where I just, it's, it's so hard for me to get excited to watch lions football these days. It, it just is because like their records, not good. And you know they're 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 not gonna do anything this year, but there's like always that looming hope of like I don't know if they you know, they win a couple games in a row. Did you but see the they're in the
1: hunt? They're in the hunt tonight, Rabs. I'm I didn't sure mean to. I didn't.
0: The, to... Of course they. No, of course they yeah. are. Like the, it's just the way that you add. You know that's how the expanded playoff. Like it is what it is, and I get it. I mean, you know you can you should beat the Bears at home when you play them again because you're better than them. What are you showing me? What is that? You're muted.
1: You're muted. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Terrible, terrible radio. It's the playoff picture from from Thursday Night Football. Lions Dang. are in the hunt. They're down in the little deal. The, the, the I'm sh- I'm sure they are. And, the and, leaping and,
0: lion. And great. So it just, you know, it, it, you have to just come to uh, – this Giants game for me is huge because I know the Giants have, like, looked good in spots this year. I still don't think they're a tremendous team. They are very, very well, well coached.
1: coached. They, yeah, they are. They well are.
0: Coached. So, like, go – okay so go to New York and go win that game like you should be able to beat the Giants I think they can win that game you're not going to beat the Bills at home on Thanksgiving you're just not you're you're not even close to good enough so it, it's just those like fringe games that can go any other way and, and it's like every time I watch the most frustrating thing about the Lions I just I can't get over some of the past games I can't get over the Philly game I can't get over the Seahawks game why can't like this- you get over the Philly game the Eagles are eight and one well, I know, but they were in it. it it's just, it's. They just should like, not have those...
2: won that Philly game.
0: I'm just. It's just. It's more so of the fact of like these games that they're in, and they just can't seem to find a way. Like those things are frustrating because if they, you know, again, if my, you know, fuck, if my aunt had a hammer, she'd be my uncle. I get it, but like if it's, you look back at those games, and if they could just take care of business, we're talking about the Lions, and if they get five and four. We're talking about a completely different team right now, but they're not, they're not. And so to my, to my conclusion of this soliloquy that I've gone on, the lions are just frustrating to watch because there's so many things that I don't think they do properly little things. And I got to give credit to uncle Steve because we hashed this out last night, but whatever it was, I don't know if it was the end of the first half, but the bears are driving down. They're on the lions goal line. And we got three timeouts and we're not using them. And I think they settled for a field goal, maybe the Bears. And then, you know, we have an awesome return up the field where you actually, if you use your timeouts and maybe you have a minute left, you can go get a field goal. You can, like, the clock management's poor. I just don't think Dan Campbell knows what he's doing as a head coach. I don't. I think he's a great leader of men. I just am not sold. That he is a is an NFL caliber head coach, and that sucks to say because when Hard Knocks was out, and <laughs> you see the way that the guy talks to the team and the way he carries himself, it's like you want this guy to be successful because he's a good, he's a very good human being, presumably. You want him to be successful. He's just not a good coach, and Aaron Glenn hasn't been a good coordinator. I I get that he doesn't have a tremendous group to work with ben johnson's been fine this year he looked great to start the season but there's just there's too many things that the lions don't have going for them they do too many things that losing teams do to where it's it's hard for me to be sold all the way in i'm going to the game on thanksgiving with my uncle steven i don't want to go to the game because i know what's going to happen it just is what it is but you know it's like i i I can't stand watching Jared Goff every week. I can't stand the fact that every single game since we've drafted DeAndre Swift, he's listed as questionable. And when he's healthy, they do this thing with him to where it's like he gets one carry and he's out for two series in a row. Like, I don't know if he's still banged up or they're trying to protect him or what. But at a certain point, you have to play. The best ability is availability. They are a completely different team. When DeAndre Swift is on the field, he lets them do many more things than Jamal Williams does. I love the way Jamal Williams runs. But you have to play DeAndre Swift. Maybe he's not a feature back guy, but you have to get him more snaps. You have to let him run the ball. You have to get him involved in the passing game because, you know, all Jared Goff wants to do is get the ball out of his hands and go the fuck home. So – let DeAndre Swift play so we can do the little check-down shit and let him run in space. And they just, like, haven't. So that's frustrating to me. DJ Chark's a fucking piece of shit. I'm sure he's a good man. Hey, but hey, where, hey. he? Where, hey. where is he, where he's he coming back?
1: He's back at practice. You know who else is back at right. practice? You know who else is back at practice? Romeo O'Flaura.
0: He's back. Thank God. That's a real player, Romeo. So I t- I rescind my comment on DJ Chark. That was unnecessary. But for, like for <laughs> God's sake. You know, I just want to see some of these guys play. So I don't know. I mean, the Lions are the Lions. It is what it is. They're still far away defensively. They, their, their linebackers are uh, just laugh out loud bad. Like, I, like I, Alex Anzalone. I'm sure he's a good man, but oh Jesus my gosh, credit, dude. Dude, dude, he dude. missed Jesus. Fields
1: twice on the final play. He just, just,
0: twice. just, just awful. Like, just, it's like it's almost like embarrassing that they let these linebackers play every week in the national football. It really is bad. And your guy, Derek Barnes too. give me a break, but nonetheless, it's been great. You got two division wins. Awesome. Go beat the giants on the road this week and, 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 and keep people interested because you're not winning on Thanksgiving and you are in the hunt. Like you are statistically like go beat the yeah, bears again. Because the the NFC
1: is the NFC is so bad. So do we want to do the you, picks? You,
0: sh- you should beat the Packers again. Yeah, we can if we got to do another, Zoom. We can we we can go right to the picks. We didn't do the picks last week. Obviously, we didn't do a show. So without adding like a win to the record, we'll just we'll move on. As we sit right now, Trent's nine and seven. Collins, you're ten and six. I'm eight and eight. Again, that's not including last week because we didn't do it. Let me pull up the thing here on my phone. Lions at Giants from the Meadowlands. The Giants are a three point favorite. So essentially, they're giving them the home team nod giants minus 3 the over unders 44 and a half trent i'll start with you
1: i will take the under because i no 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 sorry 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 i got to back up i checked the weather on this the weather there is actually despite the fact that there's six feet of snow in buffalo and the buffalo bills and cleveland browns are playing in detroit actually at ford field that was announced today Ooh. um there is no snow in what is it east rutherford rutherford whatever it is in uh new wherever. york new yeah, jersey new york. whatever so, the Giants have full sun on Sunday. It's going to be like 40 degrees. I like the over for that reason, and I'll take the Lions. you got to keep stacking them. Lions got to start stacking them. I think they run the ball down the Giants' throat. Kenny Galladay has a not-so-revenge game, doesn't do shit. Uh, so I like the Lions to cover, and I like the over.
2: I'm shocked Galladay hasn't been caught yet. He's been terrible. <laughs> it's, oh, not, yeah. it's so bad. Well, uh, I mean, he was – People are acting like he was just like not good on the Lions. He was awesome on the Lions. He was a great player for those couple of years there. But um, I like the Giants. Isn't this a bad matchup for the Lions? I really do. I think the Giants are going to run the ball down their throats. Um, And to be honest, I the one thing I didn't really get to, talking about that Bears team, I think the Bears kind of lost that team where the Lions won that team last week. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I just thought they kind of shot themselves in the foot and to Lions credit they were able to figure out. I hope the Lions win so it makes Thanksgiving interesting. I'm not rooting against the Lions, but if I'm going to be objective, I just don't see it this week. This seems like a game that good teams won, and I just don't think this is a good team.
0: Okay, over the under there. Uh, Give me the
2: under. I think it's going to be a tight game. Cold. okay. You know, Actually, I don't think it's supposed
0: to be cold. I think it's supposed to be
2: a little bit nicer.
0: All right. Well, you're under, uh Trent, you're over. Correct. Correct. I'm gonna take the. Uh, I'm gonna take the over. I do think the Giants will be able to run the ball effectively, and that's where they'll get their points. But I think the Lions can keep pace. Um, I'm gonna take the Lions plus three. I just, I, I, probably a foolish thing for me to do, but I do think that they can win. And if they, if there's any sense of pride in that locker room of Let's start stacking some wins. This is a perfect game to do it. Go on the road and do it because you're probably not winning on Thanksgiving. And I don't think anyone's going to blame you if you don't, but you're still in the hunt. You are. So, so keep rolling. Uncle Steve said they're going to win this week. So, so great. They're going to win. Do we have mortal locks? Again, we did not do the mortal locks last week. We did not have a show. Trent is five and five. Collins at eight and two. I am three and seven. I don't understand how Actually, I do not understand how I'm. I'm fucking awful. Um i got one. the last
2: one. What's it called? Do are we gonna talk about the last one we did? I had Michigan State Money Line, that's Illinois, and they won. Yeah, you did. That it was, was fantastic. fantastic. That was 17 point dogs. I mean, Collins is out, a beast. Been no,
1: no, Collins has been the prophet for this uh segment since it began, since its inception. But hey, do you want me to give one raps? We got like three minutes. I think we should just try to get it done here. Go ahead. Do I'll, it. I'll I'll be fast. I think Vegas overreacts to a lot of shit sometimes. I think this is a perfect example. Eagles minus six and a half at Colts. The Colts, Jeff Saturday, all that drama. They're not a good team. The Eagles lose to, on, on uh, Monday Night Football to the Commanders. I think they beat the Colts by at least a touchdown. So give me the Eagles minus six and a half in Indy. That's all I got.
2: Okay. Rebs, you got um, one? I'd, I don't. Fine, I'll get one. I'll get one. I I know what I want. I just got to see what the number is. Illinois plus 18 against Michigan. Michigan's looking ahead to Ohio State. This will be a close game. Michigan will find a way to win. This will be a close game. Illinois is a very good matchup for Michigan on the defensive side of the football. Illinois is not going to be able to move the football, but with the weather the way it is, I could see it being like a 10 to like three game during the third quarter, and then Michigan kind of figures it out. Illinois plus 18. I love that it's not a football number,
0: too, so that's nice. All right, Collins is hot, 8-2. and two. Um, I look through the NCAA, I'm looking through the NFL right now, and I'm going to take an absolute sucker line. I'm going to take the Vikings plus one and a half at home against the Cowboys. I don't actually think the Cowboys are all that good. Uh, the Vikings, you know, I think they were on a huge high last week, winning that game in Buffalo, but they're back at home, they're in the Dome, um, and they've been, they've been finding ways to win games, so – um, I'll take the Vikings plus one and a half, and hopefully I mush them because I stink on the Mortal locks and it's another loss for the Vikings to get them to two losses this year because somehow they have eight wins. But with that, that will bring us to the end of this episode of the Motown Rundown again. We're sorry we missed last week, but we're back. Here we are. Join the conversation on Twitter, Motown underscore rundown. We're also on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are exclusively on Spotify for the time being. On a rainy day, Trent will figure out the Apple podcast shit. Uh, Give us a a follow. Subscribe. Rate us five stars if you like the show. If you don't, just whatever. Move on. You don't need to bash us. We're just humans. Um, We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Have a safe week. Have a happy week. I think we'll record before Thanksgiving, maybe. I don't know, but thanks for listening. We love you very, very much. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time, whenever that may be.